the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. First and foremost, I need to do a quick retraction. I just got an email from someone who says, Oh my God, you did not just say Kenny Chesney's good music. I take it back. I retract that. Kenny Chesney sucks. Now let's go to the headline news. It looks like a tall white box. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. It carries the hopes of the entire Gulf Coast in this tall white box. The latest on the effort to contain that massive oil leak from Fox News Radio's Rich Johnson in New Orleans. What engineers call their best short-term hope for capping the one-mile-deep oil leak is that 100-ton concrete and steel box now being towed to the wellhead. They'll drop it over the leak, then pump the crude from the top of the box into a tanker on the surface. But it will be Monday at the earliest before the box is in place, all hooked up and operative, if it works at all in waters that deep. Meanwhile, the big fear is that the existing oil slick might soon drift west toward the mouth of the Mississippi and the marshes of Plaquemines Parish. In New Orleans, Rich Johnson, Fox News Radio. Economic disaster. And every day I'm trying to give you a different angle on the Gulf of Mexico. Yesterday, I was telling you, we're going to continue to do drilling in the Gulf. And for people that say that we're not, you're smoking crack. You're you're not realistic. So today's and because we're going to do drilling, yes, there will be more regulations. It'll be more expensive. But now's the time to look at a company like a ticker symbol rig because we are going to continue to drill. There is no doubt in my mind about that. It's just going to be more regulations, more safety issues, and more fines when it goes bad. So that's that's your little update there. Now my angle today, if I were to talk a little bit more about this would probably be tied towards um, our nation doesn't need this right now. You know, when we had Hurricane Katrina, we also had a war going on in Iraq. We don't need billion-dollar bailouts. We don't need this on our plate right now. This is going to be an expensive ecological disaster. British Petroleum, ticker symbol BP, they're going to pay out billions and billions and billions of dollars. They'll be fine. They got billions of dollars. They got it covered. But some communities are going to be killed, crushed, destroyed, vaporized, gone forever. This is a pretty big disaster. And the last thing we need as a nation right now is to lose people who pay taxes. And that's exactly what's happening. And and while we're at it, we're going to be throwing millions and billions of dollars their way. Elsewhere, the friendly skies continue to get smaller as another two airlines plan emerge. This time it's United Airlines and Continental. Congressman Jim Oberstar He's opposed the merger because it favors the airlines and not consumers. United Continental, while certainly in each carrier's financial interest, is not in the best interest of the traveling public. So Oberstar has been a longtime opponent of airline mergers. He opposed a similar merger between Delta and Northwest. The reality is that Wall Street likes these mergers because you're able to cut massive amounts of costs and create efficiencies and get more revenue generated. Now, Congress hates these because they're bad for the consumers. 
ultimately, as long as there's competition, I'm pretty comfortable. As long as some hubs get opened up, as far as some parking spaces and airports get opened up, it will encourage competition. And I'm comfortable with that. With that said, this is a pretty big merger. You're talking about the merger of United tying together what would ultimately come down to United and Continental. 20% of all flights in America, they would handle one in five. So that would take a lot of the costs out of it for them, and it would hurt us as far as opportunity goes. I get where he's coming from. Um, I think there's a happy medium somewhere in between. Next up, Pennsylvania's tax department is coming out of criticism for an ad aimed at tax evaders. Now, I know you're saying, I don't listen, I'm not in Pennsylvania. But the State Department of Revenue's new spot, it lets people who owe back taxes know about a tax amnesty program if they pay up within the next month and a half. But some say the ad sounds like Big Brother's out to get them, and they view that as a threat from our government. Your name is Tom. You live just off of 5th Street. Nice car, Tom. Nice house. What's not so nice is you owe Pennsylvania $4,212 in back taxes. Listen, Tom, we can make this easy. Pay online by June 18th, and we'll skip your penalty and take half off your interest. Because, Tom, we do know who you are. That ends with the phrase, find us before we find you. It's a little confrontational. I don't know really how I feel about that. I tend to find like the IRS agents, they're, they're, they're really taught how not to make you feel bad. They're really taught not to shame you. So this seems to be going back a step as far as how we deal with tax evaders and in kind of making them feel guilty. And, and it, it does feel a little bit brotherish and it does bother me a little bit, not to the point that I'm going to, you know, lose sleep over it. But it's showing you that states are desperate, and they've got to come up with creative ways in order to get money back. And from the file of, oh, my God, I hate this person, California television news worker Jackie Wells-Cincinnaros, the winner of the humongous lottery jackpot this week, Fox News Radio's Chris Stanley has the story. A freelance worker in a Los Angeles television station newsroom found out while working the graveyard shift that she and her husband are holding that Mega Millions lottery ticket worth $266 million. The woman told her boss at KNBC she intends to keep working, at least for now, saying she needs the routine. Tuesday night, she'd wanted to order some KFC for dinner, but her husband, who was laid off just two weeks ago, insisted on going to a barbecue joint in the L.A. area town of Pico Rivera, and that's where they bought the ticket. And for selling it to them, the restaurant owner gets a million dollars. Chris Stanley, Fox News Radio. What's wrong with these people? Why do they all say that they want to continue working? $266 million in lottery jackpot winnings. I'm going through the city of San Francisco and flicking the bird to every single person I meet, every single person I see. I hate you. Take this. I hate you. Take that. I just won $266 million. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. What's up with these people? I need a routine. And why does God reward people who eat Kentucky Fried Chicken? There is no God. I'm convinced of it now. God wouldn't let someone who's ordering Kentucky Fried Chicken at midnight win the $266 million in the lottery when I'm put on this earth to help people with their retirement solutions. There is no God. And finally, no, this is not even a finally. I got two more stories. I'm chock full of stories today. This is amazing. More than 30 people have been arrested for scamming California's recycling program. Fox News Radio, Radio's Jessica Rosenthal reports. In California, if you buy a bottle of water or Coke, the state charges up to 10 extra cents. Upon recycling, you can get that money back. While in Arizona and Nevada, they don't have that redemption program. So they've got a bunch of cans and bottles lying around. They're not worth anything. 
people put them in a truck to take them over to California, and they get uh, the redemption. And that can reach into millions of dollars. It's a gigantic scam. Attorney General Jerry Brown says 31 people operating three crime rings have been arrested. They're accused of stealing more than $3.5 million. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News Radio. And here's my opinion for Jerry Brown. If it's such a scam, then why charge that five to ten cents up front if you know that most Californians aren't going to give it back to you? I think we should reward Arizona for recycling. I think we should reward them for being creative enough to pick up the, the as you put it, a uh, bunch of garbage laying around. Jerry. Or at least have some, some balls as attorney general. If someone does this, murder them. Kill them. Let's do a death penalty for people who, who scam the recycling program. Have some teeth, Jerry. Next up, police in upstate New York are investigating a reported rape. I know you're saying, how about a happy story before we go to break? Uh, police in upstate New York are investigating a reported rape involving New York Giants Hall of Fame linebacker Lawrence Taylor and a 15-year-old girl. 51-year-old Lawrence Taylor is under arrest in the town of Ramapo, New York, after being accused of raping someone in the Holodome Hotel in nearby Montebello. Details surrounding the rape are not released yet. A press conference is scheduled for this afternoon. In New York, Jeff Manasso, Fox News Radio. Happiest person in America today? Ben Roethlisberger. Finally, his issues get put on the back burner in the NFL, and we could focus on Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor, he was a mean, bad player. This turns out to be true. Again, this is where if I run for president, death penalty, a rapist, death penalty, death penalty for people who, who scam the recycling. And again, no appeals. I'm the kind of I'm the kind of governor. I'm the kind of president. No appeals. Instant sentence. To get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Coming up, the voice of the San Jose Sharks, Dan Rusinowski, is going to talk about the Sharks going for a sweep in Detroit? Sweet. You're listening to The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1-800-345-5639. Final four seconds of penalty time are ticking off on the clock. One more rush. Here's Getzlaff. Lead for Scott Niedermeyer. Breaks in. Penalty is over. A centering attempt just got blocked. And the Sharks have a two-on-one mini one. Here's Heatley out of the box. That's Thornton moving in. Gives him the play. Break away. Good. Shoot. Scores. Joe Thornton. His first of the year. Great setup from Danny Heatley. And the Sharks have a 3-0 lead. That's the spectacular voice of Dan Risnowski as the voice of the San Jose Sharks. The Sharks are in the playoffs going up against Detroit, the New York Yankees of hockey, so to speak. Dan, can you do me a favor and and, and make sure the Sharks win tonight because I'm going on vacation tomorrow for two or three days? Well, that's going to be the deciding factor, I think, Rob. The fact that you're going on vacation, this is game four, uh, I guess that must mean we better mail it in. I think just try to get a, a little pep rally going and say Rob Black doesn't want to go to a bar Saturday night. All right, I'll tell them for you. So if we could get it over, that would be nice. Hey, listen, the Sharks feel that way. 
they want to earn this victory. They know it's going to be the hardest one to get. The fourth win's always the hardest. We said that last round. It's true this round, that it's even more true against the Red Wings. They do have history on their side. Uh, in fact, that over the course of, of time, uh, the Red Wings haven't been in this position at home, in fact, since 1970, if you can believe it. Uh, they were down three games to nothing in other series before, but they never played game four at home down 3 nothing uh, since that 1970 campaign. And back then, uh, you know, they weren't playing at Joe Louis Arena. They were playing at Olympia Stadium. So it's been a long time. This is a real first for Detroit uh, in this era. Now, I, I kind of mentioned it, Dan, when I said that the Detroit Red Wings, they're like the New York Yankees. They've got that many championships in the NHL. Um, they're going to be a tough team to put down, but what's going on? Why are we doing so well? We've won six in a row. We came back from three to one in game three, unheard of. And then we went in overtime. Like that's not the Sharks I know. And that's not the Detroit I know. Well, it is the Sharks that we've come to know, and that is that that they're playing a calm brand of hockey that's very disciplined, very aggressive, but also they played the same way regardless of what the score is. And I think that that was the real real keeper for the last two games. The fact that they were trailing after two periods of play in game number two came back to win. The fact that they were trailing after two periods of play, they were down 2 nothing. they were down 3-1, to one. they came back and forced overtime and then won against the Red Wings with that spectacular goal by Patrick Marlowe. Uh, that tells me that this is a team that mentally is prepared to play in a, in a challenge like this. And that's been one of the missing links uh, to getting the team to the next level. They're one win away from getting to the conference final. And tonight is a great opportunity for them to just drive a stake into the heart of the vampire before he wakes up again. I like that comparison. Now, Dan, Last year was a little bit too easy for the Sharks. High scoring, easy scoring, easy flow, very exciting open hockey. Do you think Todd McClellan tightened the system this year so that they didn't get overconfident with their skills, so that they, they kind of had to learn to grind it out during the regular season so they could grind it out during the playoffs? I don't think Todd changed all that much. I think that the team changed, and Doug Wilson, the general manager of the team, deserves a lot of credit for actually going through this with Todd, um, realizing what was necessary to change the complexion of the club and get Todd McClellan the elements that would be needed to be prepared for this moment. I'm talking about people like Scott Nickel, Jed Ortmeyer, Manny Malhotra. I, I named those names quite a bit during the season. They've all been really important to the team. People like Kent Huskins, who were picked up at the deadline last year, didn't play, came in this season, um, has been getting some valuable minutes. Jamie McGinn, who's got a little bit more experience. Logan Couture, who's come into this game with some uh, some grit, but also some smarts and skill. And so that the combination is better. Um, the Sharks are more set up for dealing with the grind-out procedure, and they still have all that skill that you talked about. So that, to me, is a much better combination. And it, Todd McClellan has had the elements that, that have been needed uh, at his disposal in order to engineer this from the coaching position. You're bringing up a, a great idea there, Dan, that I'd like to flesh out with you a little bit. Engineering. Um, Couture got the game tying goal, and then we saw Marlowe get the game-winning goal. So it's a lot of old and new kind of meshing together. Hockey teams are always fluid as far as adding components. A couple of years ago, we had old man Jeremy Roenick. He gets replaced by like a Blake as far as uh, you know career goes, as far as storied career goes. Talk a little bit about Doug Wilson and, and the job he's done as far as fixing these components, because we need a good team next year and the year after and the year after. Well, 
that's the job of the general manager to kind of look at it, not from the position on the bench, not from even the position in the press box, but from about 20,000 feet up in the sky looking at the big picture and understanding where the team has got to go and what has to be done, not only for this year, but for next year, the year after, and in many years to come. And he's always said that he doesn't want to have a team uh, built to win uh, just the Stanley Cup one year. He wants a team built to contend for multiple Stanley Cups. And in order to do that, you have to have a big-picture attitude along with the understanding of what's needed right now. And I think that that's a skill that's pretty rare in any business, let alone any sport. And it's very similar to, um, say, what the president of Exxon has to do or um, what any other chief executive needs to understand in order to make his company better. So there's a lot of similarities there. You have different types of rules. You have the salary cap. You have the draft. You have all of the uh, trade elements at your disposal. And it's really not that different than any other business. It's just that the components are slightly different. Speaking about the business of sports, one thing that I really like about our coach, Todd McClellan, is that he you always see his kid somewhere near him or near his father or something. McClellan, he brings his family into the sport, but he also he looks like a good father. And that's as I'm getting older, Dan, I, I kind of respect that a little bit more to see a professional balance the sport with his life. Well, it's really important, and hockey is a family sport. It takes a tremendous family commitment to get players to this level, and Todd, being one of those guys, reached the NHL because of a family commitment that was made to him when he was growing up and wanting to play the sport. So it doesn't surprise me that he's translated that into his own family and, in fact, wants the opportunity to not only spend with his family when he can because it's so limited with the, with the time pressure schedule, but understand that that's necessary for his team, too. And uh, it's something that provides... Uh, recharge of batteries for players. It also provides a sense of stability. Um, the fact that uh, all these guys' wives are taking care of everything at home with the family, the kids, the problems uh, with homework and, and you know, with, uh, you know, say, uh, uh, the water pump going out or whatever it is that happens in, in the house, these guys are left to their own devices when they're out on the road and when they're traveling with the team. So um, when, you have, when you have that the real focus on, on your family, I think that it's really important to make sure that, um, that you know, the, the players really appreciate these people that are in their lives, whether it's their wives or their kids or their parents. And that's what makes hockey, I think, really special. Because of that family commitment, that's what I look at. People say, it's oh, it's small towns in Canada. It really isn't so much that, because Toronto is a big city. There are great players with this attitude from there. Uh, uh, you know, Boston is a big city. There are many um, hockey players that come out of that region that, that, that have the same family attitude and don't have the, you know, have the issues that some other sports have. And I really think it's because of the family commitment it takes to, to get these players to the NHL, whether it's mom driving the kids to practice at 3 a.m or every, everything else that we described. And beyond that, too, um, the fact that hockey is such a team sport and a sport of accountability, you're almost within your own family there as well. So the, the family dynamic is a big part of this game. Now, speaking of Canada, there's two Canadian teams left in the playoffs, Montreal as well as Vancouver. What do you think that plays into? A lot of the players were from Canada. And it's been a long time since a Canadian team has won the Stanley Cups. Uh, probably back to Edmonton is my guess, or maybe Montreal has won one recently. Is that yeah, bad? Montreal won in '93. I think that's the last one, just off the top of my head. Do you think that's bad for hockey because the Canadian kids are the, really the talent of the league on a lot of levels? And I'm kind of exaggerating a bit here, but do you think that's bad for the, the league that they, a Canadian team hasn't won the cup in a while? 
you know what? I don't think so. And the reason why I don't think so is because if you're Canadian, you're going to follow the San Jose Sharks and look at that roster and see that all of your kids are on that team. And, you know, Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, Dan Boyle, the list goes on and on as far as that goes. So very important to recognize the fact that um, that, that Canadians follow their their players. You, you can probably almost make a, a comparison to, let's say, the NCAA basketball tournament, which has some special uh, qualities to it, not just because of, of uh, the intensity of the tournament, but because there are kids, there are boys that are playing that sport. And so there's an extra involvement in that, whether it's college hockey or college basketball or any college sport. Um, and, and the same thing happens with, with Canadians. Um, you know, when they're watching the NHL, those are their kids. They know their stories. They know the towns they're from, and they, they follow them closely. So um, unless you take that out of the, you know, you take that out of the mix, it's not so much that it's just a bunch of California kids playing hockey when it's the San Jose Sharks from a Canadian perspective. It's their kids. They want to watch it too. But yet there is something that's more special when the cup is brought home to a Canadian city. And it's been a long time since that has happened. And right now, as you said, there's only two chances for it. One team has a better shot at it than the other. And you can probably figure out which one. But um, both of those teams, you know, if Sidney Crosby wins the Stanley Cup for Pittsburgh, he's from Nova Scotia. He's Canadian. They're going to be proud of that. He won the gold medal for Canada. Same thing with Joe Thornton on the other side for the San Jose Sharks. So I think that it probably would be more special for a Canadian team to win the Cup um, in terms of, of the local angle. But nationwide, I think that the Canadian people take real pride in the players that, that have been exported to the U.S. teams and are playing for teams uh, down south of the 49th parallel. And my crazy take on this is I want an American team to win because it helps our economy. I know that sounds it silly. It's silly, but it's true. One last thought for you. Um, what do you want from tonight, Dan, as far as the game goes? Do you want to end in four? Do you want to sweep, get it over with, be guaranteed in the next round? Or do you want to drag on the series because you, you get a little bit more practice of your craft? You get to see the players to, you know, not get rusty with a seven to ten day layoff. What would you prefer to see? Let's put it this way. Um, I used the phrase putting a stake through the heart of the vampire a little bit earlier in our conversation, and I think that um, you cannot let a team off the hook. You have to go for the jugular when you get the chance. Sure, um, you know, if you're in a situation where you're broadcasting more games, I'm practicing my craft, um, you could even go the economy angle and say you'd like to win at home and get the extra revenue date in your own building. But you know something? All of that is is uh, totally the wrong way to look at it. The only way to look at it is when you have an opportunity to win, you take the opportunity and you you skate with it and make sure that uh, that you, you you take care of business. The only way that Detroit should win this game tonight, uh, from a Sharks perspective, is if they absolutely squeeze everything out of themselves they can to earn it. And the Sharks gave them everything they had, and just in that particular night saw a bounce go the wrong way or something else. But um, as I said, I, I think if the Sharks play the way that they have been playing in this series. They're going to win the game, and we're going to be talking about um, Rob Black's vacation without any problems of, of having to see the game in a bar somewhere and being able to get ready for the next round. But it's a long way from here to there. This is a proud Detroit team. They've played a lot of hockey over the last few years. They're very, very proud. They're very well respected in the Sharks locker room, and I think that that doesn't go unnoticed either. And so uh, this game is going to be of monumental proportions if the Sharks can take it and win and come back home with a series victory. Thanks very much, Dan. It's Dan Rusnowski. Pull for a good game tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. You can hear him on 98.5. Two years ago, Game 6, 
three overtimes. I was in Mexico watching the game. Hated that. So I want him to wrap it up tonight. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. Go Sharkies. and women are expensive. With Rob's help, you can afford them. You're listening to The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. It's The Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. So Iron Man's coming out this weekend. Iron Man 2, excuse me. And my prediction is it's going to be a big hit. I know you're saying you're going out on the limb there. Oh, yeah. It's going to pull in a good $150 million plus in the first 10, 15 days. And then it'll march from there. With that said, it's going to break some records this weekend. It's been pushed forward into the basically the first weekend of May, which has always been a dumping ground for clunker movies because it's not quite summertime. The reason Iron Man's being pushed forward is the World Cup. We don't really know how many Americans, but more importantly, the international audience, what will they be doing this summer? Will they be captivated by the free television World Cup, or will they still continue to go out to movies as a way of getting out? Bad news for us men. Scarlett Johansson only wears scantily clad clothing. He does not get naked in the movie Iron Man 2. So maybe Iron Man 3. Who knows? Elsewhere in the world of media. And by the way, Scarlett Johansson, good-looking woman. So the Washington Post is talking about they're a publicly traded company. And they own Newsweek, and they're putting up Newsweek for sale. And do you remember back in the 1980s and maybe even the early 90s? And again, for people like my intern, Laura Bath, she doesn't remember that Newsweek and Time uh, were important at one point in our lives. That Time would come out with Man of the Year, and you know, my mom and dad subscribed to Time Magazine, and we'd get it in the mail, and we'd find out who's the Time Magazine Man of the Year is. That, that weekly Newsly, it's dead. Long live anything but the weekly Newsly. So Newsweek being put up for sale. And again, things change. I would not have thought that. You know, I would not have thought that Newsweek would become irrelevant and Time Magazine would basically become just glorified advertising fluff. There's no importance in it in any way, shape and or form at this point in time. From the world of there really is no God. CBS has just signed a pilot for a TV show, for Emerald Lagasse. Do we really need any more Emerald Lagasse TV shows? Has, as, as he already done, is bam. Do we really, really need this? And you know what it's going to be called? It's going to be called Based This. I don't know. For me, I think that's just the, the Hollywood machine that recycles garbage. There's an interesting study on CEOs. And um, how much money they make and who's worth it and who's not worth it. There's a, a person called Grafe Crystal. And Grafe Crystal is an advisor to Coca-Cola and American Express and ultimately has concluded that the pay for performance is ultimately fiction. So Crystal examines the compensation of 271 CEOs. And the CEO who says who they say is the most overpaid is Leslie Moonves. CBS is Leslie Moonves. Leslie Moonves is a lot like a summer in Redstone. And Summer Redstone, he knows fashion models more so than business models. 
Moonves is one of those old, old media CEOs who hasn't really grasped what the 21st century is all about as far as media distribution formulas. And he's, I think, hurt the company more so than he's helped. His pay is about $28 million too much, so says um, this report. Now, the, the CEO who deserves their pay and who earned their pay was a little bit interesting. Alan Mulally, who heads up Ford, who clearly drove that company wisely, who did a good job of uh, avoiding bankruptcy. So Alan Mulally underpaid Leslie Moonves overpaid. So mamas, if I teach you anything, put the baseball in your kid's left hand because a lefty is a lot is a lot more unique than a righty. And on top of that, mamas, if your kid can't throw with his left hand, teach him how to be a CEO. 800-345-5639. Let's go to Nick in Mountain View. Nick? Let's not go to Nick. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I'm not sure why, but... It, Heidi just made a call. Sometimes on the fly, she's she's the editor-in-chief, and she said, don't do it. So we're not going to Nick. Let's talk about a company that maybe, maybe you should invest in. Time Warner. And I just got done saying that Newsweek is dead, and some of these old media companies are dead. Time Warner and Warner Brothers Film Studio and TBS. TBS cable channel is getting... Uh, Conan O'Brien, and they seem to be doing incredibly well for a cable company, right? More importantly, something NBC did was by canceling Jay Leno at 10, which is basically an entertainment one-man show kind of concept. By canceling that, it opened up five more hours of television to develop more dramas into, of which Warner Brothers does that kind of job. So Time Warner also has HBO, which I'm watching the TV show Treem. And watching the the Pacific, I enjoy my HBO television series, uh, True Blood coming back this summer. Can't wait for that. That's a fun television show. So they're doing a good job. Film Studio has done a pretty good job as well for Time Warners and Warner Brothers. Sherlock Holmes, big hit. Blindside, big hit. Valentine's Day. I think that was a big hit, but I'm not quite positive on that. So if you're taking a look for a company to potentially see some upside, maybe... Just maybe it's time honor coming into the second half of this year. And again, the second half of this Wall Street might be a little bumpy. So sideways might be better than slightly down. Slightly up might be better than slightly sideways. Let's go to Nick in Mountain View. Nick. Hey, morning, Rob. How are you, Nick? Good. I just had a comment on Newsweek. Uh, you know, I have a great application on my phone for Newsweek that comes to me free. Uh, the only way that they're going to make money is uh, if they actually start charging for something like that because uh, it's awesome. I get fresh content pretty much every 15 minutes. So, Yeah, the, the way they're going to have to do that is advertising. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Question for you. With your iPhone, do you ever click on the little ads that you see? Or, I mean, do you do any ad-supported banner click-throughs? Because I was thinking about that. Today I, I pulled up AOL Radio, and I did it through Google, and I had a chance of, of basically hitting the sponsored link to AOL Radio. Or I could have gone just the free link through Google. And I was like, eh, let's give Google a penny or two. And I hit the sponsored link. Do you ever hit those sponsored links? I run a lot of stuff off of Pandora. Yeah. And uh, those, all those ads are supported by Google. And I do click on those. And uh, I think maybe because Google is local for Mountain View, they seem to have a lot of restaurant links on there. I've actually found some cool restaurants off of that. So real quickly, tell people what Pandora is because some of our audience knows and some of our audience doesn't know. 
Pandora is the coolest thing closest to sliced bread. It's free streaming radio. You can create your own radio stations, and uh, if you're interested in a certain genre of music or a certain artist, you can just type it in and create your own radio station, and it'll stream stream live. It's really neat. It is a cool application. I have it myself, and for instance, and thanks for the call. I like the Arcade Fire, which is pretty similar to the Talking Heads in 20 Years Difference. And when you play Arcade Fire and you type it in, boom, it, it'll show you different Arcade Fire songs that you've never heard before. It's a pretty good app. It's one of those apps that they say will kill satellite radio um, in large part because it's just a little bit more unique and a little bit more personalized radio. If you get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. You can always find me online, rob at robblack.com. Or at my Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. I Hate Rob Black. Coming up, let's see what I got for you. I know we're going to talk a little reverse mortgages. I already did the cougar story. Mm, I'll find something else for you in the world of finances. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Does money buy happiness? Well, do big houses, nice cars, and hot women make you happy? Then, yes, money definitely buys happiness. The Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. That commercial is actually, or that bumper is actually pretty funny when it refers to, does money buy you happiness? Do big cars and, and hot women make you happy? Well, then, yes. Good thing he doesn't have dyslexia and make it hot cars and big women because that wouldn't exactly sell as well in the bumper, so to speak. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Um, the market's getting hit pretty good right now, and we've wiped out the S&P 500 gains for the year. Now, the S&P 500 gains for the year were as once as much as 8 9%. So now we're in it's kind of a correction. It's pretty normal. It's pretty healthy. Would I take the last 15 months of the stock market? Yes. With a 10% pullback? Yes. That's great. Will it become a 20% pullback? Does a 20% pullback freak you out? If it does, you need to look at your portfolio and say, maybe I got too much Europe. Europe right now is looking bad, and European bonds are looking bad as far as what you're getting in the yield on those. So you actually have to be honest with yourself right now and say, where do I feel comfortable putting my money? Earnings in the S&P 500 have been glorious this year. And the S&P 500, it's not going to sink on this. Our valuation on the S&P 500 is too low. Unless, of course, you don't believe the economy comes back in the second half of the year with some sort of performance. If you think it totally falls off a cliff, then maybe you do want to get out. But stocks are getting just murdered today, yesterday, the day before. And it's all tied towards Greece. And we don't want to go into the weekend with positions open. We don't want to hear what's the next shoe to fall because we already know Standard Poor's is going to look at Portugal and Portugal stinks. So when they look at Portugal, they're going to come back probably, if not with a lower rating, at least a statement saying a lower rating could happen. So casino stocks down today, 7%. Paper stocks down 6%. Retail stocks down 5%. Airlines down 7%. Solar stocks, I mean, everything is getting battered and or fried. So does it upset me? Nah. I'm still going to have a nice weekend, still going to watch the Sharks, still going to do a lot of positive things out there. What's interesting to note is in the first hour, I did a little piece on Toyota Motor and how they've got a fifteen, no, no, a $50,000 
hydro hydrogen sedan due by 2015. And a couple of years ago, this would have been a million dollar vehicle, a million dollar vehicle. Now they've got it down to 50,000. They're starting to get to the point where it's going to be workable. I've gotten two emails from what I would refer to as the nerdy, elite, geeky, super scientist type of guy in the Bay Area that goes, hydrogen is not a fuel, hydrogen is not clean, hydrogen has to be nuclear, it's going to need electrical power to go into. And I understand all that. All I'm talking about is, is can they get this vehicle to the point of affordable? So can you get 100,000 miles out of the battery? Can you get 100,000 miles out of the vehicle? Can you get it under 50,000? Because 50,000 for a sedan, that's only going to get some people. It's not going to capture very many people. We'll get some celebrities and things along those lines. And uh, at what point did you do the mass manufacturing? The one thing I love about Ford was he got the mass manufacturing. Uh, instead of hand-building each and every car, he figured out, let's do the mass manufacturing. That's probably one of the greatest inventions of the 20th century is mass manufacturing. To get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Let's bring on Maggie O'Connell from ReverseMortgageStore.com, ReverseMortgageStore.com. How are you, Maggie? I'm good. Thanks, Rob. Now, you do something that I don't do. I talk money and the economy, and I talk stocks and all that sexy stuff, and I do super secret podcasts. Your, your specialty is reverse mortgages and, and credit inside the home, so to speak, and typically for people over 60. Yep. For a reverse mortgage, you have to be 62, and you have to have quite a bit of equity in your home. But a lot of older homeowners do have a lot of equity, and they really have very little money in their pocket, and that's what this is all about, getting that pent-up equity locked up in the home and out so they can use it and enjoy life, which they really should be able to do. No. My opinion is that old people should be turned into food and eaten. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, but again, you're saying they should get out and enjoy life. Now, you're yeah. you're, you're on the older side. You're not a spring chicken. <laughs> I did just tell you I'm a grandmother. You did tell me you're a grandmother. They're very young. <laughs> and you're going to be treated like a queen this That's weekend right. on Mother's Day. Everyone should. Good God, if there's one day that I appreciate, it's Mother's Day. You bet. My mom kicked out six kids, all seven to eight pounds and out of that little area down there. Hey, you better give her a feast on Mother's Day. <laughs> Something like that. So I'll just call her up. What I like to do with my mom is I call her up and I pretend I'm the baby Jesus because she's kind of had a couple strokes and she doesn't really know what's going on. She thinks she's talking to baby Jesus. <laughs> That's the type of son I am. I'm kind of a jerk. Um, now I totally digress. So you do reverse mortgages, Maggie. Uh, tell us what a reverse mortgage is because we all know what a 30-year mortgage is. We all know that. What's a reverse mortgage? Well, it's a lifetime mortgage, and you never have to make a payment on the loan as long as you live in the home. So it's just 100% deferred interest, and you're able to pay off your existing mortgage and get rid of the monthly payments, which is a big thing. A lot of people are just really struggling with mortgage payments this, these days, and unbelievable how many people get into these variable rate loans. And when rates go up, they're going to be in big trouble. So uh, get rid of the mortgage payments, and you can also get a monthly payment to just supplement your income. Every month you get it as long as you live in your home. It never stops, and uh, you can get a line of credit and just provide some money that's out of that equity. So what it comes down to is a lot of people in California have lived here a long time, and they got that Prop 13 where they pay very low taxes based on what the tax rate was when they bought the home. And they got this huge amount of equity. And they can afford the property taxes because they've been Prop 13, but now the home is this big piggy bank, and an earthquake could come down and, and break that piggy bank. Some bad things can happen. Social Security is probably going to get reduced or, or, or less in the future. So a lot of seniors could tap into that piggy bank, and I kind of like that. And it, it's not my first go-to decision for seniors. I want to see them you know, 
see what their stocks are, what their bonds are, what their pensions are. But as a source of income, it's a pretty it's a pretty nice source for a lot of seniors in the Bay Area because it's, it comes out tax free, and again, it, it gives them some dignity in their retiree years. Where I don't want people, you know, staying in and watching Judge Judy. I want them going out and seeing their grandkids, so to speak. And you know that piggy bank, if you can't open it, it really doesn't do you much good. And that's what this is a tool that unlocks that and allows you to tap into it just whenever you need it. It's line of credit. Just next year, you can use it. Uh, go on a vacation or get a new car. Or, when you need some home repairs, uh, things that we're seeing a lot now is aging in place and getting the homes fixed up so that they're a safe living environment. So you can make sure you don't hurt yourself and get forced into a nursing home or something like that. Just really spend some of that money in the home so that you can stay in your home. Yeah, it's like um, putting bars on the shower handles. Right, so. right. Grab bars and, uh, you know, those walk-in tubs. And you see those people on the ads enjoying their nice tub safely. I once bought a house from a guy who had had a heart attack. And right next to the toilet, there was a grab bar. And I, I didn't understand that until I asked someone, what, why would someone have a grab bar next to the toilet? And ultimately, as you pull down your pants and you go to sit down on the toilet, you lose your balance. Um, if you've had a heart attack or a stroke and it's just some things that you just don't understand. Again, that's, if you love your mom, go, go to your mom's house and, and make it old person proof, um, as best you can. Yep. So bring your electric screwdrivers and some grab bars from Home Depot and, and she'll love you forever. <laughs> there you go. Now, what are the changes in reverse mortgages that we need to be aware of is, uh, cause it, it's a product that ebbs and flows. Uh, how much can you get? What rate can you get? You know, how, what the fees are. 15 years ago, I wouldn't have let you in this room because the fees were too expensive, but they've become very humane. Uh, what are some of the changes we've seen recently? Well, we've seen the lending limits go up quite substantially over the years, and they're at the highest they'll ever be right now at 625500 And uh, we're at kind of an interesting point right now because uh, there's a price war going on. The, the investors, uh, Jenny May Securities are the investors that buy the fixed rate reverse mortgages. And there's a lot of appetite for those investments. And so the lenders are giving the brokers these yield spread premiums, and we're able to pass that along to the homeowners and help pay for their closing costs. So right now there's a big sale on reverse mortgages. And now coming up in the future, we're seeing a change. We're seeing a drop in the amount available, and we won't have these discounted fees because HUD's asking for a $250 million subsidy coming up. And uh, even if they get it, they're still planning on doing some drops, some corrections to make the the risk less for basically the taxpayers because it's a government-insured program, and we're the ones insuring it. Now, I could raise my right hand, and I could say that a reverse mortgage is an appropriate tool for retirement, but... A lot of people out there probably think, we don't want to do it because it sounds like something that's going to put my mom's house in danger. Well, you you hear a lot of that. Yeah, there's so much um, chatter out there about how they're dangerous, but it's actually the opposite. Uh, The only requirements of the homeowner is to pay the property taxes and homeowner's insurance and live there. And then there's a guarantee that you'll never have to pay off that mortgage. You can never be forced out of the home. And even if that balance goes higher than the value of the home, it has this protection that you don't have to pay any more than the value of the home by the time you're ready to sell it or you leave the house. We've got about a minute left. Anything that we need to know in that last minute, Maggie O'Connell from ReverseMortgageStore.com? Well, on this fixed rate program, we can do no origination fee. 
no monthly servicing fee, and in some cases uh, will pay the outside closing costs as well. So it's just a really good opportunity. If you're on the fence about it, get off now because you'll be sorry because things are going to be changing down the road. I don't like to give that kind of scare tactic, but it really is happening and it's something to be aware of. Absolutely. So what's the best way to contact you and how long does a reverse mortgage take from contact to finish? Oh, about five or six weeks. You have to have a reverse mortgage counseling telephone session usually, and you can reach me at 800-489-0986. It's 800-489-0986. Perfect. And you can find her online, reversemortgagestore.com, reversemortgagestore.com. It's Friday, so go home and have it. Well, it's not Friday for you. It's Friday for me. <laughs> so it's today's my Friday. Tomorrow, best of, but it's brand new best of. It's It's all new content that no one's ever heard before. So Good luck to everyone. I'm going to go to the beach and enjoy three days off. Uh, Super Secret Podcast has just been updated at Talk910.com, Talk910.com. While you're there, there's new music that Heidi has taken from the show and grafted onto the website, Talk910.com, Talk910.com. Laura Beth, thanks for being our intern. We've appreciated your energy and your your funness and your incredible um, youthfulness, which is um, something that I wish I still had. I'm jaded. 800-345-5639 if you want to wait 20, uh, basically three days to get on the air. So Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Should I stay or should I go? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.